Lots of things are better together. Hockey, food, golf. How about a cold one on the patio during a nice spring day? But if you really want to take things to the next level, drink some Labatt Blue Lights with your friends and live life to the power of we. Always enjoy responsibly. Beer, Labatt USA, Buffalo, New York. Always looking for new segments here. Nobody emailed this in, nobody tweeted this in, but I think this is an absolute winner, Mike. <laughs> Who did Lombardi piss off this week? It's a new segment here on GM Shuffle. Tell all your friends all about it. I, I don't understand why people are so sensitive. Like, if you say, look, your job is to give an opinion, right? Mm-hmm. And just like I did in personnel, you give an opinion. Whether you like the opinion or not, that's up to you. You know, you can make the decision, you can't. But the reality of it is, is when somebody gives you an opinion, Jeff Gangundi had a great line on TV the other day. He says, never take criticism from somebody you wouldn't take advice from. I saw you tweeted that. It's a good line. It's a great line, right? Yeah. And if I criticize the Auburn offense, which I did, then Gus Malzahn obviously was not happy. But maybe he should look at it and say, maybe I need to examine it. I'm not saying he should take advice from me, but my credentials do allow himself to think that I just didn't pull this out of my butt. So from SaturdayDownSouth.com, if you don't know the name Michael Lombardi, he's one of the most unfiltered, while at the same time knowledgeable minds in sports media. Has experience as an executive in front of offices of the 49ers, Browns, Eagles, Raiders, and Patriots. Worked at various media outlets. His new outlet for sharing his takes, a podcast called The GM Shuffle, he co-hosts with former ESPN studio host Adnan Burke. In the latest episode... I'm going to recap a little bit of this. If, at any point, you can jump in. Jared Siddham, the kid from Auburn. Here's this kid. He was a five-star, four-star kid at Baylor Art Browse, okay? They have the absolute fiasco that happens though that he decides to leave Baylor and go to Auburn. Later, you said he's easily better than Daniel Jones if he plays in an offense that would have highlighted what he can do. The writer says that's a very bold statement considering Jones was drafted sixth overall. Most were stunned by that decision by New York, so Lombardi may not actually be that far off in his assessment. Now, here's where he pissed him off. Auburn's offense, which he says could be the worst offense in all of football. That offense at Auburn, I'm not sure what the hell it is. They run power, they run unbalanced, but anyway, that offense, seriously, might be one of the worst offenses in football, so you can't evaluate a quarterback in it, or they can't train a quarterback. Malzahn can't train him. Okay, so look, here's the reality. Four years ago, five years ago, when Gus came to Auburn, Mm -hmm. he came with tempo and came with that unbalanced and the power inside run game and caught people off guard. And he developed this back at Arkansas. And very creatively, he did. Came up with this way. But it's the David Crosby theory, which is what I truly believe happens to all of us, right? David Crosby from Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, because I'm in this period of my life where I'm just like reading all about these 70s singer-songwriters. It's just absolutely fascinating how they all lived in Los Angeles, and there's this incredible talent that just was out there right you know somebody's opening up for somebody and the opening act is better than the other one but anyway Crosby makes this great statement and it applies to all of us it applies to me you first album comes out people think oh you're an overnight sensation right and what they don't realize is it took you 10 years of your life to write that first album 10 years of hard work every single day Mm -hmm. and you gave it everything you got that's really not your talent your talent is in your second album Because now you only have six months or 12 months to put out your album. And that's what happens to a lot of us in sports. We put out an offense, really innovative. Can we adapt it? Can we change? Chip Kelly comes into the NFL. Okay. Okay. Chip Kelly comes in the NFL. His offense, the first two years, tempo, everybody. By year three, when he goes seven and nine and gets fired, it isn't quite the same offense. And so the Crosby effect gets to all of us. 
And what I'm saying was, I don't think Gus's offense has expanded to the point to where it really needs to go to. And I think it did hander the quarterback. I'm not going to back off what I said. I, what I said wasn't just I didn't pull it out of my butt like Tommy Tuberville thinks I did. I mean, seriously. So Tommy Tuberville said the harsh criticism by one analyst, Auburn might be one of the worst offenses of football, is unfair. He was talking on the opening kickoff, which is on WNSPFM 105.5, and specifically said this. About you, my man. Oh, yeah, there he goes. How many championships has that guy won? Yeah, well, I've won three. I've been to eight <laughs> conference championship games. I've been around Bill. Wall- I mean, he should read my book. Seriously, he should right. read my book. Why doesn't he just read Gr- the book? Red Iron Genius, Gr- available Gr- now. I, and he could figure out whether he knows some of the stuff that I wrote in my book, if he can learn it. I would love to. I would love to Tommy Tuberville. If he thinks I know nothing, yeah. I would love to have an opportunity to go fly and spend an hour with him in a room talking football. And then after he's done talking to me, I want to figure out whether he thinks, what do I know? And what do I want? Because I promise you, mm-hmm. it'll be checkmate. Because Al Davis used to say all the time, uh, uh, get on the board, kid. I'll make it into your checkmate for you. How about this line, too? He says, Gus is a good football coach, which you didn't say you you disagreed. You said his offense. It goes back to the assistants coaching their positions. Gus had a problem at coaching quarterbacks simply because he lost his quarterbacks coach a couple years ago, and bringing in a new quarterbacks coach sometimes doesn't work. Well, that you know, it's happened to you know, Belichick all the time. He loses a coach, and the program falls the hell apart, right? I mean, you know, come on. Come <laughs> on, seriously. Say, Jarrett Stidham didn't improve. Someone has to take the blame for that. Could have been Jarrett Stidham. Could have been coaching. Could have been skiing. Well, no, wait a minute. Is, is it, that's what Tommy gets paid to do is to figure it out, right? He's watching the <laughs> He's same the tape I'm watching. He's right. watching the same tape I'm watching. I mean, look, he dresses better than I do, but when you want to come talk about football, <laughs> like, let's have that conversation, Tommy. I welcome it. I mean, look, the reality of it is, is you got to always keep in mind, when I write my second book, every day I sit down in front of that word process, I'm thinking, I'm going to have a picture of David Crosby hanging over my desk. Right. Because to me, that's what it's all about. How do we modify? How do we change? If we run the same shit we ran two years ago, you know what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Nothing. We're going to get our asses fired. Right. We got to constantly evolve. It's an evolution in any sport you do. And, you know, look at the NBA today. It's all three point shooters. I mean, sometimes the guys come down and shoot, and I think if that was when I was a kid playing, they would have taken that kid out of the game. Today, they're applauding them, right? Mm-hmm. So it's how the game changes. And if you don't adapt to change, I think it's really bad. And look, like I said, Tuberville, he can come spend as much time with me. He can call me on the phone. I would welcome it. We could talk pass protections. We could talk about his experience at Tech. Mm-hmm. We could talk about the Auburn offense when he was there. We'll talk about anything he wants to talk about. <laughs> Open invite right Open now. Invite. We'll do the GM Shuffle. We'll do it right care. here. Hey, he could be a guest on the GM Shuffle. Let's do it. I love it. Tommy, the invitation is yours. Uh, before we get to some NFL talk, what's up with your Sixers? You know, being from Toronto, I got oh. this Raptors Sixers thing going here, and your guys look so good in Game Three. I said the Raptors look. Oh, Lowry stunk. Gasol did nothing, and then Game Four, you guys just let Toronto back in the series. I've never seen a great player have the flu more than Joel Embiid. <laughs> Seriously, how do you do that? Like, how do you do? It? How do you drive to, uh, cousin Sal from you know cousin Sal? Oh, had the great thing. So he said the great line. He tweeted out. He said, "Could Joel Embiid please tell us betters when he doesn't feel good before the game?" I mean, seriously, have you ever seen a great player have the flu twice in the same series? Very rare. It's a I, poor immune system. Like I, the training staff. Let's go. I mean, like his body never looks like he's even seen the weight room. Right. You know, and so for me, it's frustrating because I'm so much about mental toughness. I'm so much about building the right culture, and I watch this team and it's just frustrating because Joel Embiid is, t- I mean, Mark Jackson went off on the other night, called him the greatest player. And Van Gundy, thank God, was pulling him back in. Yeah. He's a tremendous talent. Mm-hmm. He's a tremendous talent. He's not the greatest player to ever play basketball. That's the reality. Because you can't be great if you don't have durability. You cannot. Right. And I, one thing I keep thinking about when I watch your guys, like for a team with so much talent, 
They do an awful lot of talk for someone that's never won anything. That, that's, but you, you would think the Sixers have won three championships this and decade. And they celebrate <laughs> like it's something. You know, Parcells has a great line. He said, if you're coaching a bunch of clowns, pretty soon you'll be running the circus. <laughs> right? And I think that's true. Like, I see Embiid celebrate midway through. Like, no, just get back to the line. And, you know, uh, right. And he stirs the crowd up. You oh, know? yeah, he loves it. Like, uh, that just ain't me. That just is not me. And and the other thing is Kawhi Leonard. I don't know if the guy's ever missed a shot. I've never seen that. I mean, I couldn't make that many shots on a seven-foot court. He's unbelievable. Seriously. He's I mean, it's unbelievable. unbelievable. All right. NFL talk now on GM Shuffle. Oh, this is interesting. Now that the draft's over, it's the allegedly quiet time. But Michael Lombardi, as he mentioned by his resume, has worked everywhere, and he knows the ins and outs. And there is no off-season for the NFL. So quite simply, Mike, if you're in different NFL cities right now, what is happening in early May? Well, I think early May is really your time you really have to spend a lot of time studying your team because you're going to have some mini camps coming up. You really need to understand what you have in terms of the players that you brought in. It's really important to program the player. Like if you draft a quarterback, Daniel Jones, you better have a comprehensive plan for him moving forward. And as the general manager, you got to be a part of that. Like how are we going to develop him? What are we going to do? Mm -hmm. The other thing is if you're the GM of the team, you got to do all of May as spring scouting. Wow. So what what I would do is is go through and start – and do it by conference. You go to the ACC, you watch every player on, say, Clemson, and then you watch Clemson play North Carolina. You watch, And so you go through it, and by the time you go on summer vacation, you basically have done the ACC, the Big 12, the Pac-10, and the Big Ten. You've done those four conferences. You have spring scouting all done. Mm -hmm. And then you can wait till you come back from the summer to do the Southeast Conference because ultimately that's where most of the players are going to come from, and then you get going on that. So you got pro scouting going on, mm -hmm. and you got college scouting going on, and player development is so critical because – Unlike the 76ers, when you get these kids into your program, you have to de-recruit them. They've been having Unlearn their learn what they've done. Well, they've had their asses kissed for the last three months, right? Right. And everybody's giving them everything, everything they want, whatever they want to do. They've been on. The, you got to de-recruit them. You got to come in and say, okay, here's the way it's going to work here. Like, we're not doing that. Like that, you can throw that out the window. We're going to go this way. Here's the program. Here's where you got to be on time. You, it's time to become a professional. Ray Allen told that story about Jim Calhoun at UConn. He said the first practice he comes in, he's like, hey, remember when I was with your parents and we were talking? To That's gone now. That's over. Like over. It's over. Your ass is mine. I'm going to bury you every right. single. <laughs> it's like literally he became a different person exactly what happened to the coach was kissing my butt speaking of scouting did you ever I, I find there's two types of front office people in this respect I don't know which one you are either one you take a delirious sick demented joy in scouting because you just love football so much breaking on X and O's or you find it exhausting and mind numbing and tiresome and you go god this is why you transition from being a scout to somebody higher up well there. I think you like the idea of building a team and the only way to build a team is through understanding the players and then you unlike Tommy Tuberville who thinks I don't you study college Colleges, right? You're watching this right. college game. Yeah. And you're trying to figure out like what does Baylor's offense do? What does what, Matt Rule right. do? Why because does Pars play? another Parcells line is we can only take what they give us, right? right? So if you don't understand what they're giving you, you can't really understand what you're getting. So you got to really spend time studying the Texas Tech offense. You got to study these, you know, the Oregon offense. You know, everybody's obsessed when Chip was out there. Like, what are they doing? How are they doing it? Yeah. And then try to figure it out. And so you understand what they're asking the players to do. So that's part of what you're doing here. If you come into work and you're a personnel guy in the NFL now, you come in at an eight and you leave at five and you haven't done a bunch of college tape, you're getting far behind. Just a quick aside on Chip Kelly. He worked at ESPN for years. So I got to know him a little bit. He's got good stories. He's, he's funnier than I thought he would be. Because yeah. you have this image of Chip, and yeah. you go, oh, my God, he's probably very anal. Very and dry and sense very, of humor. Very, very dry. Yeah. I, I enjoy being around him. He has a dry sense of humor. I worry, though, with, with UCLA, because to your point, the key was his tempo was so ahead of everybody in everybody. college. He kicked everyone's ass in Oregon, Mario to the rest of it. Goes to the NFL. First couple years, the Eagles, okay. But then he gets fired third year. Niners, flames out 4-12. and 12. Terrible year a year ago with UCLA. Do you think Chip can 
can regain that mojo? I know with college coaches, it takes three years to get your guys in there. But. Right. I think he's going to have to really put David Crosby's picture up on his wall and say, <laughs> you know, I got to come up with another album, man. Right. You know, I got to come up with something different. You know, and I think it happens to a lot of coaches. I mean, Gruden, it happened to Gruden in Tampa Bay. Yeah. Kept trying to do the same thing over and over again. And you've got to modify and change. And that's why Sean Payton's so good, because even though it looks the same, it's a little bit different and it's adjustable to what he wants to do today. Yeah. Same thing with Sean McVay. He's adju- Now, Sean McVay's going to have to keep adjusting because he got embarrassed in the Super Bowl. But that's something, the evolution of a coach is so important. I mean, you have to do it if you're not. And somebody needs to be in Chip's ear encouraging him to do that encouraging him to say hey here's what i think we this needs to go can you put that can it fit it's not about stealing plays Mm -hmm. that doesn't work be like you and i stealing recipes online from emerald and then we're going to go open up a restaurant here on fifth avenue and say okay come on in right yeah yeah we'll be broken three months it's not gonna work by the way you mentioned evolution of a coach makes me think of education of a coach yeah which is halberstam's book about belichick excellent yeah excellent such a good writer oh the best one of the best halberstam books i've ever read in my life was the story where he took michael jordan as the central figure then he volleyed everybody around jordan whether it was espn the, the it was the Portland Advertising Agency. Yeah. It was the NBA. It was it was just fascinating how Jordan was the center, was a, almost like the time and place. Yeah. Breaks the game is great, too. His book with the Blazers. Unreal. Unbelievable. You know, AD, the hardest thing to do is hire really good people. When we started in Cleveland, we really wanted to hire from within, develop from within. Mm-hmm. And you have to have a criteria. And there's certain services online, like ZipRecruiter, the only one. That starts from within. Yeah, ZipRecruiter knows it's hard right, to find qualified candidates, right? It takes a long time. you got to go through applicants. ZipRecruiter.com slash GM Shuffle, and right away, you're good. As you just said with Cleveland, hiring is challenging. Here, it's simple, it's fast, and it's smart. And then they, you know, when they go through it, ZipRecruiter is so effective that four out of five employees who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through their site within the first day. That's the hard part. Like, do you really want to spend time weeding through the candidates? Why not let ZipRecruiter do it? They know what you're looking for, Mm -hmm. and they'll find what you're looking for. Remember, it's important to scout inside out, not outside in. ZipRecruiter scouts inside out. You're right. They do it by scanning thousands of resumes to find people with the right experience and invite them to apply to your job. They spotlight the top candidates so you never miss a great match. Honestly, ZipRecruiter is the way to go. you got so much time to do in your life, right? So many other things to do. ZipRecruiter makes it easy for you. Yeah, no doubt. And right now, our listeners can try ZipRecruiter for free at this exclusive web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash GM Shuffle. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash GM Shuffle. G M S H U F F L E ZipRecruiter.com. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. I mean, these second round playoffs have been unreal, and we have the conference finals now on the horizon. Make sure you get all those futures bets in before the value disappears. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers bet five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets in. Instantly download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code SHUFFLE. That's code SHUFFLE for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, let's talk a little over-under here. We're going to do this every week on the GM Shuffle. So NFC East is the first we're going to look at. So via my old friends at ESPN, they're over-under here with Super Bowl odds. So let's kick it off first, Mike, with uh, let's go with the Eagles because they are 14-1 to odds right now to win the division. The over-under at wins is 9.5. I think it's too low. I think it's too low, and I think here's why. I think when you look at these, if you want to play over and unders, if yep. you want to look at this, and Vegas is, you know, it, it's fascinating about Vegas. They subscribe to the same thing we talked about last week where the draft is always about next year's team, not this year's team. Yeah. Because they post these numbers before the draft. Like, the draft has no influence on them at all. Really? Yeah, no, the draft has no influence on how they – I asked that when I was in Vegas for the draft. I said, does the draft affect the odds makers on – no, none at all. Is that because they don't think these guys make an impact year one? They don't think they make an impact. I mean, look, last year, I mean, Rosen got picked, the you know, the Cardinals won three games. Darnold got picked, the Jets won four games. Mm-hmm. I mean, Allen, they won six games. The two teams that changed were Mayfield – and really, Lamar Jackson kind of saved them the in a unique way. Yeah. So they're the only ones that really shifted the balance of power anywhere. And I think that's what you have to look for is, okay, like let, the NFC East is a rookie quarterback division right now. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about we got Wentz, we got Dak Prescott, and then we're going to have probably Haskins and Daniel Jones. Why? Because if you look at the first eight games of the schedule for both those teams, mm-hmm. say the Giants start out one and seven. Now, I don't want to upset all the Giants fans because I know I do all the time. They're, they're probably the leader in the clubhouse of who Lombardi pisses off the most. Coverville and the Giants fans. Yeah, the uh, leaders in the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That being said, over the last two years, they're 2-14 and 14 out of the gate. 2-14. and 14, They're 1-7 in the last two years. So you're 1-7. Just say they're 1-7. Mm-hmm. And you have Daniel Jones. You got to play them. Of course. Of course, you got to play them. Eli's right? 38. Hey, it's been fun. All right. But let's look at their schedule. They open up sure. with Dallas, they play Buffalo at home. They go to Tampa, Washington, Minnesota, New England, Atlanta, Detroit. Oof. You think they're four and four out of that? I don't. <laughs> no way. Like maybe Detroit, you win. You're not beating New England. You're not beating those road so games. So I, I see them. What are they at six? Yeah, they're they're, at, over under for the Giants is at six. You're taking the under. I'm taking the under. That's there. a four win team. And the reason I'm taking the under is not because I think they're going to tank it purposely, mm-hmm. because I think they're going to start slow like they did last year. And when they go one and seven, they're going to put Daniel Jones in there, and then Daniel Jones is going to make them go two and fourteen, because he's not going to be able to do anything. Even though Eli can't do anything either, they have no depth. It's going to be really challenging. Right tackles a concern. They have no pass rush. I mean, look, they passed on Josh Allen. Who the you know, unless they can cheat the and get line up in the neutral zone mm-hmm. on every play, they're not going to get any pass rush. So how are they going to do it? And speaking of pass rush, that's one of the strengths of that Eagles team. If right. Wentz is healthy, I like the playmakers they've added. Guys like Arcega Whiteside. Obviously, they got Howard from the Bears running back. So that's I think the Eagles are one of those teams you can't underestimate because they're constantly trying to always improve their team during the season. Like today, they could sign Ziggy Ansu. Right. There's talked about that they might do. If they do that, definitely play the over here because he can. He'll play 30%, 35% of plays, and he'll make a huge impact on somebody's team. Whoever signs him, yeah. if he's healthy, he'll make a huge impact. And when you look at it, 
you know, Wentz took a lot of heat with the commentary this offseason. I think the Eagles are in prime position. Let's just take them, for example. First off, they got a weak division. We, we agree the Giants and Redskins aren't very right. good. So, so there's they, wins. So figure they win four games there. So yeah. that's four games. Now you got to find a way for them to win six. And they split with Dallas. That's sure. five wins. There's five okay. wins. Yep. So now you got to figure out where they get in five other wins. Well, they play Miami. Mm-hmm. They play Buffalo. Okay. They play the East. So they play Miami, Buffalo, I mean, and they play the Jets. Okay. okay. Jets, yeah. There's three right there. And then they play this, the North. Can they beat Detroit? Can they beat Green Bay? If they just win two of the four in the North, they got 10 wins. I don't see how they can't get 10 wins. I mean, I think it's a bad year for Philly if they only get 10 wins. Yeah, I mean, they feel like an 11-5 and five team. I would, There's no doubt. Lovely. I mean, I don't see how they don't. And they open up with Washington. They go to Atlanta. They got Detroit at home. Now, they got that stretch where they play those three games on the road, Minnesota, Dallas, and Buffalo. But, I mean, you know, three road games is hard. I get that. But Buffalo's like a home. I mean, they're only flying up there. It's back. That's not a big deal. Yeah. And, you know, the Dallas will be hard. Minnesota will be a hard game. But they got the Jets and Detroit at home. Those are two really easy wins for them at home. I think they get 10. How about the three straight on the road is because they're anticipating the Phillies will be in the playoffs. How and is Citizens that? Bank Park would be too much of a zoo because Lincoln Financial is right well, there. I mean, look, the Sixers played at home the other day mm-hmm. at 20,000. The Phillies played at home. There was probably, what, 40,000 in the stands. And they had the Broad Street run down Broad Street. Yeah. So you can't get any more crowded than that. Right. Like, seriously, if the Phillies are playing at home, I don't understand why you put the team on the road. Like, yeah. I, I don't get that. If I'm the Eagles, I'm pissed. I would be really upset Three about that. I mean, especially having pissed. to go to Minnesota, right. and then you got to go to da- – like, it's bad enough they send you to Minnesota, and then they send you to Dallas. Like, time out. Right. Like, if you're going to do that, let us go to Buffalo, and then we'll go to Dallas. Right. You, you know what I mean? Like, Figure why are you doing that? We're going to play two potential playoff teams in a row on the road. Mm-hmm. They're not easy trips. Minnesota's a two-and-a-half-hour flight. Dallas mm-hmm. is a three-hour flight. They're not right. easy Big flight. game, division game. All Big game, division games. I think it's challenging. Cowboys over-under wins at nine. I think that's a good over-under, although I feel like they're an eight and eight team. I do too. And and I've been reading the commentary about Zeke loving uh, the new coordinator, Kellen Moore, and and how, you know, Jason Witten is like the same old, not old Jason Witten, the same. O-L-E. O-L-E, right. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm catching that one, but I don't trust them. I just don't trust them. Yeah. I don't trust the Cowboys to really come back because I think the Cowboys. I think when you look at Scott Lenahan's offense, I think part of the Cowboys' problem was the David Crosby effect. People, that one year he was really good. This is the offensive line was unbelievable. Right, they were the really ball. good, yeah. and they were great on third down because Cole Beasley was great in the slot, and they were converting a ton of third downs, and they were playing 34, 35 minutes of offense every single week, and then they were only playing 26 minutes of defense. And then when that you know they lose to Atlanta and Green Bay in that playoff game, mm-hmm. I don't trust them to be able to do that. I really don't. I think the number's perfect for Dallas. I think that's what they – I think if Dallas is not – now, Jerry thinks they're better than they were last year. That's got me worried. Because <laughs> Jerry was comparing this offense to the Rams last year, and I was suggesting another Pearl Vision Center examination for Jerry too, <laughs> which I don't understand how Pearl Vision Center doesn't sponsor this podcast. They get shout-outs right all the time. No question. We, we, will, we will hook you up right now. Free eye exams for all of us. And then the Redskins over-under at six and a half. How is that not the under? I, I was going to say, that's crazy. We know they're going to get hurt. Like, right. they didn't change their training staff, right? We, these are things we know for sure, right? Right. They didn't change their training staff. They're never going to go have a hard training camp because Jay Gruden just wants to get his team healthy to get to the season, right? Mm-hmm. Which that means they're never going to be healthy, right? Right. And they're going to play the rookie quarterback because Case Keenum after two games or three games. And then you look at their schedule, right? Mm-hmm. They open up at Philly. They got Dallas at home, Chicago. They got the Giants, New England, Minnesota, San Francisco, and Miami. I mean, no, not going to happen. I mean, they could be another two and five team 
out of the gate, they're going to struggle. And say they're together. two That's and six it. out of the gate, and it's Case Keenum's played. Dwayne Haskins, it's all yours. So if you're if you're going to bet the over under, you want to bet against the quarterback that you think can't really improve the team that dramatically. Lamar Jackson came in. That was a good Braven team, right? Mm-hmm. And we knew that Cleveland, once they got rid of Hugh, could become a better team. So that was a marginal thing with Baker Mayfield. I don't know if I would have played that one, mm-hmm. but to me, I would definitely say. I'm going against the two quarterbacks who really aren't ready to play but are going to be forced to play based on their teams. All right. Eagles class the East. Cowboys 500. Giants and Redskins are not going to be very good. Fantasy breakout players next year. You're looking at five wide receivers. This is all over the landscape. So if you like fantasy, Mike's going to give you some fantasy picks here. Kick it off first, James Washington of the Steelers. I love this kid. I love when they drafted him. I think last year he struggled with learning the offense. I think this year with a whole OTA days with this, I would play this kid big. He's not going to be a guy who's going to get drafted early because nobody's going to want to take him. But I think he's the perfect guy to take. I think he's a sleeper, but I think he's going to have a huge role because Juju's going to get doubled, right? Mm -hmm. They're going to get him doubled, and I think he's going to be ready to have a breakout year. And he can play outside, and he can make some plays on the outside. He's great getting the deep ball. I love James Washington. I love them when they drafted him. I think he'll have a huge year. Plus, I think Pittsburgh, and we'll talk about them when we talk about their over and under. I think Pittsburgh's one of those teams that has the binders on this year that just realizes we're going to do better because we're going to prove to everybody that we were dysfunctional last year and mm-hmm. we're going to improve it. I think Roethlisberger is going to be tuned in. I really do. He signed that deal. You know, For years, it seemed like this off and on thing. Does Ben still want to keep playing? But I think he feels motivated, especially for the way Antonio Brown's taking shots at him. And yeah. he's really been you know, labeled as a company man and they're taking shots I, at him. I mean, I think that's the motivation. You know, if you want to, and, and he's going to spray the ball around and without Antonio Brown bitching, you know, what happens, what we fans don't see is you get in the huddle, right? And Antonio Brown's telling Ben, "I'm open. I'm open, man. Just throw me the ball." And it's hard to not throw him the ball because mm-hmm. you got to face him back. And you got, you know, you can't. He comes say, at you every time. Every time, like throw, I'm open. I'm open. I'm open. And then you're forcing the ball to the guy. Right. You know, Tom Brady does the same thing. I mean, he's trying to get the ball to Edelman. And when he makes mistakes, it's because he's trying to force the ball, and because he doesn't read the coverage right. I mean, he's too smart. So. That wears on you. Yeah, no question. All right, uh, Christian Kirk from Texas A&M, wide receiver of the Cardinals. You like I would him? T- I would take any of these Cardinal receivers because I think even in junkyards, I'm not sure this offense is going to be able to to go as as. But I think when Murray breaks down and the play's over, I think Kirk could make some plays. He would be a guy that I would look at. I would watch in the preseason, but I think he's got really good talent. I think he's one of those guys you could take forward. And with the offense, because they're going to get some junk yards. I mean, even if they don't win many games, they're going to get a bunch because that's all they do is throw it. Yeah. I like your theory here, I think, with Calvin Ridley, the Falcons. You got Matt Ryan as a quarterback, Julio Jones gets doubled, then all of a sudden Ridley's one on one right. from I, Alabama. And and I you know, look, Sanu was talked about being traded. He makes almost seven million dollars. I think there was one team that was gonna trade for Sanu and give him I think they wanted a third round pick for Sanu. Mm-hmm. And yet internally in within the Falcons organization, the Falcons felt like, well, we really need Sanu, but we're a veteran team. I need the head coach. I need to win this year. I don't want to trade away a guy. And I think to me, Sanu would be better off not to be there because it would really allow Ridley to shine more. Mm-hmm. And I think Ridley can really have a big-time year. I mean, he played really well as a rookie last year, but I think he can take it to another level, especially considering you know they changed offenses. Cotter's in there now. I think they're going to feature him more and get him the ball in different situations because the more you're throwing it to Sanu, the less you're going to have explosive plays. Curious for your theory here. Alex Erickson of Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, I, I think he's the Cooper Cup. Okay. I think he's the Cooper Cup for Andy Dalton. I think they got to have a slot receiver. I think they're going to be in a lot of 11 and 12 personnel. I think when they go to 11, if he can be the slot, they won't trade this guy. This guy's a really good player. Like This guy is a guy like Wes Walker was in Miami. He's sitting down there. He's really a good player. Teams have tried to trade for him, and they won't trade him. 
They won't trade him. Mm-hmm. And he's really productive. And if he gets him on the field, he could do like you draft Hunter Renfro in the fifth round and you trade up to get Hunter Renfro. You better off you'd better off trading, but they won't trade Alec Erickson. I think he's really a good player. And lastly, for fantasy breakup players this year, at least the wide receiver installment, Deion Kane of the Indianapolis Colts. They loved Deion Kane last year at the Colts. They thought he was going to have a breakout year. And I think coming off the ACL, he'll be really good. I think Deion Kane is a sleeper. I would take Deion Kane as a guy down the road. Nobody's going to know who the hell he is because everybody's going to be looking at all the rookies. Everybody's going to take Paris Campbell first, but I think Deion Kane can be the sleeper. I think they're counting on him to have a big year. I would really recommend that strongly. All right, Kane coming out of Clemson, so look forward to that as far as fantasy breakout players. Do you play I'll- fantasy? I don't. My brother is really into it. He Does, loves it. You know what my issue with it is? Is you end up cheering for teams and players that you hate because they're in fantasy. My favorite fantasy story of all time is I'm driving, I'm, I'm leaving Pittsburgh. I did a preseason game in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And I'm driving down the Pennsylvania Turnpike. I'm on the phone with my wife. And, and I go ridiculously fast. And she can't wait for me to get a ticket. Like, she wants me to get a ticket so badly. Right? And typically, as God has it against me, right? <laughs> you know, I'm driving and I get pulled over. And I'm on the phone with her. And I can hear her applauding. Like right. She's just celebrating. She's a 12-piece band yeah. right now. Happier in hell, right? <laughs> so I get pulled over. The guy pulls me over, and he sees my name. you the guy from NFL? Yeah. So he says, I'll tell you what I'll do for you. He said, I'll give you a warning. If you help me with my fantasy, fantasy team, team, I'll do it. I, I'm in. I said, I'm in. Whatever I'm all in. I'm all in. Text me whatever you want. What do you need? Here's my email address. <laughs> you email me. I'll help you build the team. Two years in a row, we won. No, you did. I swear to God, two years in a row we won. I'm so proud of it. Did he give you a piece of the cut at least? No, I didn't. I didn't want it. I was so thankful because I could tell her, "Oh, you just talked your way out of it." See, she always has an answer. She's truly who has the chalk last. I I mean, seriously, that's the best. I love it. But I don't play it though. No, I I find it. It's a lot of work, by the way. You're always doing adjustments. Somebody got injured. You got to get somebody off the waiver wire. There's a lot of yeah, but there's so many people into it though. It's incredible. You and you you and I are the only two people, literally in all of Manhattan, who are not playing fantasy (laughs) or NFL people. It's nuts. People look at you like. You have three eyes, you don't play. Uh. AD, I know you got Mother's Day, and it's a huge day. Kids are around, but you also got Little League Baseball. When I was dealing with Mother's Day, yeah. right, the great coach Dave, who ran the Little League team in Oakland, California, when I was at working for the Raiders, he would always give the mothers the gift that they wanted. You know what that was? What's that? Flowers. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted flowers. So in watching the game, Coach Dave would always have flowers. And what better way to have flowers than order them through Pro Flowers? Now, I'm sure Dave would have ordered them through Pro Flowers. Unfortunately, they weren't there back in 2005 and six. Yeah, I think it's a great idea. When you said, what could you help out mom? I was going to say a personal chef, maybe a cleaning person. No, no, you're going with this aspect. You're right. Flowers is the way to go because every time you get flowers, doesn't matter the type, the colors, the packaging, the vase, Pro Flowers that you choose from a variety of bouquets. And you're right. I got to coach my seven-year-old Little League game at 9.45 a.m. And then I got my 10-year-old's Little League game at noon. My wife's going to sit there for four hours and watch Little League baseball. I've got to get a lot of pro flowers. I'm just going to give you Coach Dave Trainer's advice. He would have flowers for all the mothers. He would have a breakfast spread out there, a little champagne, you know, a little like a picnic. Make a picnic out of it yeah. because he was such a diehard. I mean, this guy was diehard. He was, there was a bunch of lawyers ran the Little League in Oakland yeah. and they were all competing against one another. So he splurged a little bit, but it started with flowers. All right. You know, maybe I'll make a call. Right now, I'll get one dozen assorted roses for $19.99, double the roses, get a premium vase for just $9.99 and more. Visit proflowers.com, click the microphone in the upper right-hand corner, and enter our code GMSHUFFLE. That's proflowers.com, click the microphone, code GMSHUFFLE. Mother's Day is May 12th, don't wait. Order like a pro, get this amazing rose deal to thank all the moms in your life. 
All right, a couple of fun stories here. Maybe not so fun. It depends on what happens, what you think of the XFL. I hear the story, Mike, and I go, listen, I'm already skeptical. Not only because the XFL in the past or whatever that happened, the, you know, he hate me and all the rest of it. And, and there were some good TV innovations. You and I know as TV guys, putting the cameras and the players and nicknames and styling. But the way they would generate who gets the ball was ridiculous. However... They've got ESPN involved. You got Fox involved. They're gonna have the schedule is gonna be from I think May or maybe it's or it's in the springtime. So basically, you're filming that void. It's post NFL. It's before you're getting into NFL training camps. Odds of the XFL success at the very least, you got big TV partners and ESPN, and, Fox. and you got deep pockets with Vince McMahon. Yes. I mean he's funded this thing, and you got Oliver Luck running it. And I think their plan is simply this: if they're going to take quarterbacks that were drafted, say Garner Minshew gets drafted by Jacksonville, right? Yeah, they're going to say to him, if you get cut. You know, we'll pay you a million dollars to sit out, not be on a practice squad, to come here to train in wherever they have their camp. Yeah. You work with the New York team. We're going to develop you. We'll pay you a million to sit out. They're going to build it quarterback up. I think that's a smart play. So they're going to get quarter. They got the coaches. They got the quarterback, and then they're going to invest in the quarterbacks. So they have quarterbacks, and then they're going to keep them off a of practice squad so they can spend time with them, so they can develop them. So I think that's a smart play. And I think with McMahon behind the league, I think they got a chance. I think at least yeah. you know they'll pay their bills. They won't be like the Polian League, who couldn't even pay their bills. Like who did their math? Seriously, AAF just an absolute de- atrocity. I mean, I, I mean, my grandson Dominic could have done the math better than that. <laughs> I mean, seriously, he's doing triangles and rectangles now. I mean, he could have done it. How better. old is Dom? He's two. He's going to twenty three tomorrow. Okay. Twenty three months. <laughs> he could do it. You know, he could do that. You're right. He's pretty good with his math at that age. So I mean, that's a chance. Fighting chance. I think it's got a great chance. I think it's. I think we're so desperate for. Or, you know, uh, some football in May and June. And if it's good quarterbacking play, I think it's got a chance. The a coaches schedule, yeah. Coaches are going to be the GM of the team. Yeah. So they're not going to be heavy front office like that other league was where you had a GM and a coach. Right. The coach has to pick the players. They're going to have a central league in terms of dispersing players. It's all going to be kind of like how a league that doesn't have any owner. And when you're not worried about the owner, that's half the battle in this damn league. I think I'm just skeptical because of what happened with the AAF and what happened with the XFL previously. Right. You know, so kind of like your Crosby theory, because it, it screwed up before, so I go, well, what's changed this time around? Right. But I guess if you're an optimist, you say, well, when you're a businessman, you screw something up, you find out what you right. failed at, you go, we've fixed that, and now we have a chance. And he's got deep pockets. I mean, he's going to, you know, and I mean, he's budgeted this thing out, and I think it'll be the developmental league. At least it'll be a developmental league for quarterbacks. I, I hope it goes. Like you said, at least we get some football in the spring, so that's yep. always fun. Uh, another story here, which uh, serves our interest, Nick Bosa's great-grandfather ran the Chicago mob for decades, was one of the most powerful American underworld figures of the 20th century. Did you watch Boardwalk Empire? I did. I thought it was good, but it, it kind of petered out at the end. Like At first, I found Buscemi fascinating, just because, yeah. obviously, I love him as an actor, Reservoir Dogs, Sopranos, etc., but I'm like, I didn't. I wasn't sure if he was a lead. I wasn't sure if he has That's the gravitas. That's what I thought about him too. I didn't think he was the lead dog. And somebody told me that was the whole thing of the story. They didn't want somebody who really wasn't the lead to be in the lead, which is a tough thing to do. Like, there's a reason why a guy can be a great supporting actor and steal the show, but you're not a leading man. Yeah. Like, you're great as a supporting actor. So I didn't. I never really felt like Buscemi could carry the show. I like some of the supporting characters. I love Bobby Cannavale. Oh, I loved him. He's unbelievable. I thought he was great. I should have never killed him. I loved him. He was, <laughs> he was great. And I love the butcher. The butcher. I was scared to death of the butcher. Oh my god. The guy yeah. from. Philadelphia. I was scared to death of oh, him. Yeah, I wanted yeah. nothing to do with him. Like I was like, he came on TV. I was like, okay, that's enough for me. Michael Shannon was great too. I he mean, was he's... awesome in that. Now he's got all these other parts, and I mean, like, yeah. and I, you know, 
but you know, growing up in Atlantic City and talking to people that were in that period, that boardwalk was a lot like it, you know. Right. And so the Chicago mob was influenced there because of the bootlegging and all that stuff, which is fascinating. Yeah, the whole concept of bootlegging is fascinating. To really me. good. Like, 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 there's alcohol is prohibited. No problem. This <laughs> even the term. What do you do for like, a bootlegger? Yeah. I, I bring booze over, and, and they're the coming Atlantic in from Ocean. the Atlantic Ocean. It's perfect. <laughs> like, it's it's so good. Like, I thought it started slow, but I almost feel like I should rewatch it again just to kind of go through it yeah i think it had some definitely some good moments i appreciate the fact to your point it was not trying to force the issue with heavy plot points you had to kind of enjoy it, it was atmospheric but it did kind of peter out three yeah. seasons you like a show like that you think, oh, five six seven seasons yeah, like that. They, they don't have enough of an arc right. and i was watching uh, you know the summer movies did you see the one that uh, quentin carantino's coming oh, i out? cannot wait Are that's the kidding? one i can't wait for. i cannot wait uh, let's a date Right that, now, hey, we'll do a GM shuffle uh, from Tarantino's uh, new movie, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I want to do it. July 26th. I can't wait. It's perfect. I mean, I can't wait for that. The cast alone, you got Pitt, DiCaprio, Pacino, Margot Robbie. Mar- Pacino's in it. Pacino plays DiCaprio's agent. Oh, my God. <laughs> so DiCaprio plays this washed-up actor. Pitt is playing his stunt double. Pacino is the agent, and Margot Robbie's playing Shannon Tate. Oh, and it's all around the Tate murders. So here's what he said. He goes, I don't want anyone to think it's like a Manson murder movie, but that has an important aspect of it because it's basically, basically, as Quentin said, it's kind of his look at Los Angeles when he was growing up. In many ways, it's the most personal film. Being a California guy, this was my veneer of what it was like. And these guys are on the margins as actors, never get their play. Right? Right. Nobody cares about a stunt double. Nobody cares about a washed up actor. And this is the same period where the Troubadours at the height of its career, where all these musical acts are coming through and right. what, what Tamula Lake or what else, wherever they were all living up there. Yeah. They're all living in Echo Park and Jackson Brown's in the basement. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's like fascinating how much talent was in one area. Yeah. And you know what Tarantino, the soundtrack's going to be oh, electric. Be great yeah. Um, last thought, I was just in Las Vegas for the Canelo fight, and uh, it was a great time. Hopefully people watched on zone. Canelo beats Jacobs. What I wanted to mention, though, because Mike was recently in Las Vegas for the draft, you know, everyone says about Vegas, you can only handle it for two or three days because just the boozing and the gambling and the partying. My view is the other way. You can only handle it for two or three days because it's so seedy, and it's just so... <laughs> you literally have to take a shower like every 12 minutes. Like, oh. I'm in the MGM Grand, Mike, and everyone there is playing the slots. And like you got 75-year-old men. They're hitting the 24-7 strip clubs. They go, where are we? Uh, like, I, I appreciate debauchery. I appreciate that you're still smoking cigarettes indoors. Like, I appreciate all that stuff. I feel like I have Frank Sinatra way. It's cool to be in a different area. Yeah. Two or three days, it's it. I, I don't disagree. Like, I go out there to do VEASAN, and I'm staying at the South Point, and I'll do the Mitch and Polly show at 4 in the morning out there. And I'll come downstairs. <laughs> and I feel like Sebastian Maniscalco has this great talk about oh, how the comedian, yeah, Maniscalco, the comedian yeah. Ab- about how you know they people come in with their George Foreman grills and they're boxed up to you know cool. And I and I literally see a George Foreman grill at four in the morning, and I literally see somebody you know, and the scooters, you know, you got oh, yeah. oxygen tank, scooters, and slots. Like right. those three things go together. Like seriously, even John Skipper was telling me he goes, you know, of all the vices a man would have, like gambling. I want to tell these people, like, do you see all these casinos? These were all built with your ineptitude. Right. This was all built with your false delusion of grandeur right and and if you want to gamble to me like sports betting is more wall street-ish than it is gambling right because you have to use analytical numbers you got to say okay i think the eagles win 10 games because of these five they could be wrong right carson wentz could get hurt right Right. but at least the odds are in your favor whereas if you go in there and pull that thing you got no chance This is your life. Meanwhile, you're on an oxygen tank and you're pulling it. I mean, it's like, give me a break, please. (laughs) I owe. By the way, NFL, former NFL star Adam Pacman Jones arrested for being suspected of cheating at an Indiana casino. Is that not perfect? It's perfect. 
Like Pac-Man's it's perfect. Like he is always on the margins, Pac-Man. <laughs> he is always on the margins. I think the highlight of this entire pod was the fact that you helped some cop win his fantasy football league. Twice. Well, I tried, you know, and I mean, two years in a row, I, I was, you know, the reigning champ. I okay, last thing, how often was he hitting you up? Is it once no, a week? No, he was pretty good. Like twice okay. a week, he would say, what would you rather do here? Or what would you do there? And I'm like, okay, I got it. No worries. Like, I was like happy to help him. He got me off a ticket. I shut up Millie. I mean, she didn't say anything after that. It's like the perfect thing. I would, have liked, I would have liked the George Seinfeld and pulled that trophy around the lot. You know? <laughs> exactly. Just paraded around yeah. everywhere. All right. That's the GM Shuffle. <laughs>